Kia ora whanau. E noho ana ahau, kei porirua e nei ane. Ko Minaline tōku hōrangatira, kei te tino hapu ia. Ko Levi Rao Asha Aku Tamariki, ko Nat Carey ahau. So my name's Nat, um, I live in Porirua. Um, my wife is Minaline and she is tino hapu, very pregnant. In fact, um, almost didn't make it here this morning, so... But it all worked out, I think. As long as I don't get a call in the middle of this, we're all good. Um, my sons are called Levi and Asher, um, and we're having a daughter, which is very exciting. So I'll introduce you to her in the next few weeks. And we've got a little baby here for the first time. Woohoo! Riley! Ooh. Yeah. An applause, but keep it quiet. <laughs> cool. So I've got the privilege of um, following on from last week. Uh, we had such a great time last week both in the presence of God, but also hearing stories of, of what people are doing in our own community. And Phil kind of um, gave a context of that, of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things through God's power. And it was just so encouraging and faith-building um, to hear from Paul and Jenny and from Lee and from uh, Jan and Marianne about some of the influence they're having, some of the ways they're saying, God, use me in stepping out, whether it's uh, in healthcare or... Um, mentoring and personal development, or gathering youth into your house. Um, it's just really powerful. So if you haven't, didn't hear those stories, then um, go online and, and listen to that talk. Hopefully it's up, and you can catch up with what's happening in their lives. So we're going to carry on with that, and uh, we've got a few other people who are going to share stories this morning, which is always fun. But before we do, I just want you to take a moment and just think about your own life. And just think about this question, what are you passionate about you doing in your life, partnering with God? So what do you want to do with your life, with God, that will make a difference um, to the world around you, to your family, just to generally to make this world more like um, God's love and power breaking in? They might be, the things on your heart might just be things that you are passionate about. You might just think, I don't know where this came from, but I'm extremely passionate about this area. Or it might be tied to prophetic promises that, God has spoken over your life in the past where you just heard something from God, maybe through someone else or through the Bible, and you thought, wow, that's, that's what my life's meant to be about. Maybe it's working with uh, children to rescue them from abuse and poverty. Maybe it's that you want to see your whole high school class or your whole office come to know Jesus. Maybe it's about uh, helping refugees deal with the trauma of war and resettle into healthy lives. Maybe you want to raise children that love God. Or you want to transform the area of business that you're in to see it uh, reflect the values of God and, and integrity and wisdom and um, treating people fairly and maybe perhaps seeing uh, new jobs created for people who don't have them yet. Maybe you want to see people healed of cancer and walk free out of wheelchairs. Or maybe you want to see God glorified in the arts and media world. There's, across this room, there'll be so broad a thing of what you feel is on your heart to see God do in your life and what you want to be a part of. So I want you just to take a moment now. Um, God's here. Just take a moment and think, God, what have you maybe put in my heart in the past? Or what do you want to freshly put on my heart this morning that you and I, God, can partner with to see, to see change in the world? Father, I pray you just speak to our hearts now, Lord. I pray you speak clearly. You're a good father who loves to speak to your children. I pray you'd revitalize things in our hearts. You give us a fresh excitement. Help us to throw off 
um, setback or difficulty. You'd help us to hear afresh what you're calling us to if we're not sure yet, Lord. Amen. So I want to ask you a question with that in mind. The thing that you want to see God do in your life, maybe there's lots of things. Just answer this in your head. You don't have to answer out loud. Who's responsible for that happening in your life? Who is responsible for seeing your passions and your, your dreams with God come true? So it's a slight trick question, really, because actually it's both you and God. You both have responsibility there. We know it's God. Psalm 57, 2 says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So God has a purpose for you, and God's responsible for fulfilling that purpose for you. But actually, it's not like you're on the sidelines of a great game watching God and going, yeah, God, I'm cheering you on. Go and do what you're going to do in my life. Actually, God says, no, you're in the game with me. You're partnering with me to see these things happen. Romans 10.4 says, How can they, the world, believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Matthew 9.37 says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So he's the great harvester, and he sends us out. He partners with us to see his love and his power transform lives around us. He builds the kingdom. He saves people. He rescues people. It's his grace and his power, and yet we have a part to play. Now I want you to think again about the things that you're passionate about in your life and who is not responsible for those things to happen. Who doesn't hold responsibility for your life or the purposes that you want to see fulfilled? Other people don't have responsibility for that. Even the church doesn't hold responsibility for that. Even the leaders around you don't hold responsibility for that. What I'm not, I'm not preaching individualistic gospel of it's just me and Jesus and don't worry about anyone else. But what I am highlighting is that God gives you gifts and you have a responsibility to do something with that. Like the parable of the talents, the master gave um, an amount to his servants and that he came back and said, what did you do with what I gave you? And actually sometimes we can sit back like consumers in the church and just expect the church to put on like a 10-point series or a, or a course to kind of fulfill everything that I need to do to see things happen. And really it's like we're still babies. We're still waiting to kind of be spoon-fed. And God is looking for maturity. He's saying you need to pursue me for what's in your life. You need to go for it. You need to partner with him in prayer and in action. Speaking of which, we've got a prayer week coming up. I'd encourage you, get there and pray because prayer is like is doing stuff. If, you, if you're someone who likes to do stuff and build stuff and things happen, actually prayer is for you because that's where things happen, things shift in the heavenly realms that affect what happens here. So we're going to look at a few more stories of people who are stepping out in areas or have stepped out to get encouraged. And then we're going to look at, right, what do we do on the back of that? What do we do with our lives and the things that God has put in our hearts? So I want to invite up uh, Dan Woodford. Where's Dan? Hey, there he is. Let's invite, let's encourage Dan up. Oh, wrong way. Cool, do you want to share with us a bit about what you're doing in your job? All right, so um, 
So basically, um, I, I'll start brief, just briefly. Um, I, I'm a support worker, so I work for ID Services, and my job is to support people with disabilities. Um, it's something that I've sort of done, you know, quite a lot of years of my life. Um, and in recent times, I've been working with a lot of um, quite young, it's actually all guys, just coincidentally, but all young guys that have left school and basically, you know, supporting them through training, um, you know, looking for jobs, that kind of stuff. Um, they're kind of guys that sort of fall through the cracks, I guess, um, and I've kind of gone from supporting people with quite high physical needs to, to guys who are quite physically independent but struggle in other ways. Um, so, and recently, I've sort of just been doing that, and it's become a, a bit of a, more of a mentoring role almost with these young guys, and, and I've just been sitting on it, kind of thinking, oh, I'm not really sure what's happening, Lord, you know, where, where is this going? Um, this is kind of not what I wanted to do. Um, in some ways, it's been cool, but, and just recently, I have been given an opportunity, and it's quite funny in some ways, but... Basically, and I'm now the national coordinator for a program that's it's actually run by Hell Pizza. Um, <laughs> but what it is is, um, and I've taken, I've, they, they do a program where they have a six-week training course. And so people go into their kitchen, they, they learn how to, to do everything that's, you know, in, a, in a, a working pizza kitchen. They get paid for it. It's an amazing experience. Um, it gives people a good thing on their CV. And some of these guys are actually getting jobs coming out of that. So. Wow. It's a, you know, it's a program I get behind in the sense that it's supporting the guys that, who I support and it's providing opportunities. So I'm kind of working with them on this nationally now. Um, I've taken over from a, a lady who, who was doing it, but she kind of started it. And so that's quite interesting. But coming out of that, um, it's put me in a position to be able to um, work on something else. So this, there's a, a thing that's just starting up now uh, there's a lady who's quite high up in MSD, and she is wanting to get a national program going together where we're getting people who uh, have disabilities or other challenges into paid work in the likes of McDonald's and Burger King and places like that. Awesome. So we've we've just started locally. There's a, a, a young lady being supported in, in the Potiro McDonald's, and potentially I'm going to get some of my guys, one or two, working up at my way as well. And... We want to do that naturally. That um, this lady's wanting to jump in and go gung ho with a you know a national rollout, but we we want to sort of build this and see some successes come out of it, and people to take on those opportunities. So that's positioned me to be in that, um, and I had no idea about what that was until you know I took on this role, which is quite exciting. Um, the other thing that's happening out and on, on the coast um, is. Uh, my manager and one of the other lady, uh, one of the other managers, um, they've started up a thing. And when I found out about it, um, I, I said, you know what, well, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. And it's kind of, it's just now been supported by IHC as a whole. Um, at one stage, they thought they were going to lose their jobs over it. You know, they were told to stop. But um, I was praying about it the other day. It's funny because the same day, you know, I felt really content for that one. And that same day I heard, you know, that the, the head of IHC said, no, it's a great idea, let's do it. So um, <laughs> that basically what that is, it's called the Independence Collective. So it's uh, a group of people who, uh, who are kind of like-minded and it's basically it's a brand. So they've got, you know, they're starting with T-shirts, they've got a, a cool logo, it's all sort of edgy and stuff like that. And it's an opportunity for people um, who... So, I mean, we're saying people with disabilities, but people with other challenges as well to potentially 
have work opportunities under this collective. So if somebody has an idea, you know, like I love shoes and they want to, you know, sell shoes or something, they can come to the collective and there'll, there'll be people who uh, could provide legal advice, financial advice, um, maybe some backing as well and get people steered into having their own businesses. Wow. Um, so often guys who, who have disabilities, for example, struggle to get into work because there's other people contending for those jobs. So if people starting their own businesses, it's a passion, they're wanting to do that. So it's taking people's passions and making that a reality. So the first thing we're rolling out is, funnily enough, it's a, a craft beer brew. <laughs> so uh, we're working with, with Duncan's up in Kapiti and so we're doing a big brew. And, and um, so, there's so we're sort of launching that this, in this next week. There'll be a uh, Pledge Me campaign and then so that'll raise the money for that and that'll, that contract brew and then that will in turn fund the other projects. So it'll you know, bring about, the pay for the premises and there'll be things like drop shipping that people will be able to get involved in straight away, um, t-shirt printing and all that kind of stuff. And then there's all these other opportunities that come under that. Um, I've, got, I've got a lot of contacts too that, you know, I've got people who will hire out um, hot dog carts for quite a cheap price for us and so people can go out and take that out in the community and do that. Yeah. Um, and I've got teams of people who are uh, working at the co-op that Monique uh, runs and so we've got some guys starting some paid work through that and we also have a team that go out to Rickerangi Pottery and we just clear up there and it's a bit of a trade-off so we've got a bit of a an exchange program going where people exchange uh, like work or, or you know um, uh, you know time and stuff and then people you know they get that sort of out of that as well so it's quite a lot of stuff it's all coming together and I feel like I'm wearing a lot of hats at the moment I feel a little bit overwhelmed but I'm quite excited about mm. some of these things and I can just see for me it's it's about providing opportunities for people and that's that's all I see you know these are these guys who I support who wouldn't otherwise be able to do some of these things and just to be able to get a kind of a sense of accomplishment that you can get out of actually and, and it's sometimes a bit of purpose as well you know if and it sounds silly just you know having a job can make you feel a bit more um, like you're in a bit of you know going in a certain direction and it, but it's it's quite a, a big thing to, to, to a lot of people so awesome. yeah there's quite a few other things, but I'll be standing here for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, but yeah, <laughs> quite exciting. Amazing. Uh, Jan and Marianne shared last week about some of the things they were doing, and they shared so well. Um, but some of the, the details I felt almost I wanted to share again because it's so powerful what they're doing too. And they recently took um, 10 senior leaders in the aged care um, industry in New Zealand over to the Netherlands to learn about how the Netherlands tackle problems and they use uh, innovation to, to work through with dementia patients and all this kind of stuff. And really, Jan and Marianne, they've just walked into a massive amount of favour with God. And even from that, um, there's a guy coming out from the Netherlands soon who's, who's a clinical psychologist who specialises in dementia care. And they've, these people who went on the, on the trip asked him, can, can he come out and can he speak in Christchurch in Auckland and Wellington so that we can learn more about how these things happen and how this works. And, and you know, that's going to have an effect on the 30,000 New Zealanders who are in aged care. Yep. And that number is just going to increase. Yep. So our lovely two, Jan and Marianne, just in our little church, are having a direct influence on, on actually thousands of people. Yep. And you think, how does this happen? How does it work when you, you walk with someone, you know, slowly but surely through the years to see change in their life or like Daniel kind of finds himself national director of you know getting people into jobs and working with Hell's Pizza and you know all these things how does it happen well it's, it's God's favor because he loves to do extraordinary things through ordinary people and I think some of you need to just get that into your, your minds that 
hey, you might seem ordinary or you might even just count yourself, but God's got some big plans for you and it's going to glorify him. It's not going to big you up. It's going to glorify him and we'll celebrate forever about these things. Literally forever we will celebrate with Jesus the way he uses us now. So I had about a few points of how do we, how do we position ourselves for this? And we might only get through one of them. We'll see how we get on. The most important thing with how we're going to be used by God is this. We need to become a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We need to become a people and individuals where the Holy Spirit dwells on us. Oh, Elliot. (laughs) Paul said this, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? We've got to make our life about the presence of God in us, a personal relationship with Him, where we encounter Him every day. Don't get caught up in the programs and the, I go to church or I attend this or I do that or I kind of tick the boxes or I read this many chapters a day dryly or anything like that. Don't make your life about going through the motions. Let it be about encountering the living God, the King of glory. That's the point of the Christian life, is about knowing Jesus. And it's not like a theoretical, I read about him in the Bible. It's like he's here now. We've been worshipping him. And if you felt his presence in the room, that's Jesus here. And that's just a taste of what we're going to experience as a people. I've just been so freshly um, challenged and encouraged that, hey, it's got to be about God here because nothing else matters. That's what defines us as a people. If you want to turn in your Bibles to John 17... We're going to read a a passage out of John 17 and also John 15. Both those, well, there's like a set part of a chapter, there's like three or so chapters, which is the last conversation that Jesus had um, before he went to the cross. And part of it is him praying, and obviously the disciples heard his prayers. And part of it is like his final parting shots, parting wisdom to his disciples. And some really important stuff in there. So in uh, John 17, verse 20, Jesus is praying for his disciples to his Father. He says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. There's a lot in that passage and it can seem a little bit cryptic, so we'll kind of decode it a little bit together because there's some real rich truth in there for us to, to get a hold of this morning. So first of all, this verse is not primarily about unity of believers. That's included in there, but that's actually not the primary thing it's talking about. It's actually talking about a unity between us and the Godhead. Like Pete prayed this morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have perfect unity, and they invite us to come into that unity and know them deeply. The key verse in there really that hinges on for what I want to talk about is this. Jesus says about us, I have given them the glory that you, Father, gave me. I have given them the glory that the Father gave Jesus. 
Just think about that for a moment. These stories that we've been hearing are like snippets of the glory that God has put on his disciples to see breakthrough and change in people's lives. If you know Jesus, you have the glory that Jesus had when he walked on the earth, that the Father gave him. We have the glory, which is the excellence of God's entire character wrapped up in Jesus' life. The excellence of God's entire character wrapped up in your life. That's, just, that's almost too much to grasp, isn't it? Read the Holy Spirit to, to show us what that means. As God the Father is in Jesus, so Jesus is in us, so that we can display the glory of the Father. That's the purpose of why we're alive. To know Him and be in a relationship with Him and then to display His glory wherever we go. Why? So that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus and they'll know the Father's love. That's the purpose. That's why He put the glory on us and gave it to us. So we're unified in our position with Jesus. It says that when we became a Christian, we became new creations. It's like you were old and you completely changed and became new. You were out of the family and then you got saved. You became one of the children of God. So in your position, you are now completely unified with the Godhead. You're completely unified with Jesus. But how do we see that glory break out? How do we see that actually affect what's happening? You know, Paul and Jenny on a Tuesday night, how do they see the glory of God affect the the young lives who come to their house like they shared about last week? Well, actually, if we go back a few chapters into John 15, I think there is the key. So John 15, uh, verse 4, Jesus said this, koto, kiroto, kiaho. Abide in me. Abide in me. Remain in me. Stay with me, live with me, be with me. That whole passage goes on. It says, abide in me, Jesus talking to us, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we see amazing things happen? How do we see the entire character and glory of God reflected in our lives? You abide in Jesus and he will abide in you. You become a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit where your life is about connecting with God through his spirit and everything else flows from that. This is quite a strong command. Abide in me. Remain in me. Stay with me. Don't come to know me and then go off and do your sort of little thing and, and kind of be like, I've ticked that box and I'm a Christian, but now I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do this and do that as the primary focus. No, it says, abide in me and stay with me because apart from me, you can do nothing. If you want to be fruitful, you've got to stop and abide. It's the upside down nature of the kingdom. If you want to achieve lots for God, you want to see the world turned upside down, you've got to stop and make your life about abiding with him and let everything else come out of that. You've got to stop trying to do it in your own strength and stop focusing on yourself and, oh, I'm good at this, but I'm flawed at this and what about here and I haven't got the capacity for this all the time or the energy or the money. 
Forget about all of that. Forget about focusing on yourself and focus on the glory of Jesus, the lover of your soul, the desire of the nations. Simon Holly, who some of you would have met um, on our church camp in November, they went on a journey to just explore what does it mean to, to abide in God? What does it mean to be people of the presence of God? He said this, we get more done by accident in the presence of God than we ever used to on purpose. You get more done by accident by being in the presence of God than you used to on purpose. And he tells stories of like when he, he's got like multiple talks to prepare and he's got to do this, he's got to see this person and God's like, no, come away and be with me. And he's like, but I've got to prepare, I've got to do this. There's so much stuff that needs doing and he's a doer. And God's like, no, come and be with me, draw aside and be with me. And suddenly, supernaturally, things happen actually with a lot more power than you would if you tried to do it in your own strength. You know, we were singing a song about boldly approaching the throne of grace. We have free access to God now, complete free access. Whether a good day, bad day, whether you feel like you're full of sin and you can't get out of this habit or whatever, you have free access to God, free access to His power in your life. Moses said this, God said, I'm going to go with you. Go, Moses, I'm going to be with you. And Moses said this, it's quite cheeky really. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and your people unless you go with us, God? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses got it. That Actually, the whole point of being the people of God is having the presence of God here, God amongst us. And he said, don't even, don't even bother sending me anywhere unless you go with me. I'll just give up now. It's, it's not worth it. You know, what we're going to see and what we're starting to see in our community is people come amongst us who are like, I don't fully understand what you believe. I don't fully understand about Jesus or this whole Christian thing, but I just I want to be near you. I want to be with you as a community. And we're going to see that more and more where people go, wow, there's something about you as a people, and it's God on us, the presence of God, the love of God here. They might not get everything straight away. That's totally fine. They just realize, I feel loved for the first time in my life. I feel accepted for who I am. That's what's going to happen amongst us. People are going to say to their injured teammates, oh, you got injured on the rugby field on Saturday? You need to go and be with someone from King's Church or another church. You need to go and be with those people because you're going to get healed. Just don't worry about all that mumbo-jumbo they're going to talk about, but the presence of God, something is there. The presence of God is there, and you're going to get healed. Because God, when God is amongst the people, supernatural things just break out. Like, you can't even help it. Just in the worship, suddenly people are going, wow, I came in with an injury and suddenly I'm healed. Or I came in and had no hope for my marriage and suddenly God's filled me with hope and he's given me things I need to do or say. Or God gives you supernatural breakthrough as you are in his presence with his people. Or by yourself at home. God loves to do things when he knows it's going to bring him the glory and it's going to be through his strength and not ours. So I would just say heads up because we're going to see some interesting things happen as we go down this journey which we're on and it's going to surprise us and we'll be like, oh, wow, this person feels okay to be amongst us. And you might talk to them and be like, I don't know about Jesus, but whatever's going on here, I love it. And you just embrace them and be with them along the journey just like Dad was sharing about Paul. Actually, this is how, uh, how we're going to see um, Potido affected is actually by saying, God, it's all about you, and we're only going to move when you move us. We're only going to say what you say. 
We're going to make our life about enjoying you, rejoicing in you, and hearing the Father's song over us. Some of us is going to take a bit of rewiring because it's going to feel lazy. We're not doing enough. Actually, be with him, and, and you'll actually achieve a lot out of his presence and see things happen that you just you couldn't even dream of. Actually, I just want to pray. I don't want to go on to my other points. I feel like that's actually how God wants to...